So when you're too much in your head, you're missing what your body is saying. So the next time you see yourself spinning and try to tell yourself a million different stories, slow down and say, what am I feeling in my body? Like literally take a breath. Welcome to the Flow Era, the podcast that helps ambitious women tap into their inner magic and harness feminine energy. I'm your host, Chica, and I want you to join me each week as I talk about leveling up our self-love, feeling empowered in dating, setting boundaries, and embracing our true feminine essence. I hope that together we can find more balance, joy, and community. So grab your journal, cozy up with some tea, and welcome to this safe space as you get into your flow era. Hey ladies, welcome back to another episode of The Flow Era. So in this episode, I'm going to spill all the tea about my most viral post, You May Be the Red Flag. And I felt that it deserved a whole podcast episode because I really wanted to go into all the different details of every single point that I made on that Instagram post. And I feel that it's important because... A lot of times when we talk about dating and relationships, quite often we say the man is the red flag and these are the issues and the problems he has. And he has these issues, so I don't want any confusion. But I do feel that most of the time where the real challenge actually lies in is ourselves, right? And, you know, I'm speaking from experience because at some point when I was dating, I was the red flag. If I kept getting into these toxic cycles over and over again, I had to start asking myself, what am I doing to keep attracting these men? I know I'm beautiful. (laughs) I'm I'm being funny there. But what is it? What am I not seeing? What have I not healed from? What are the traumas? Because a lot of these points I'm going to talk about today is rooted from either inner childhood trauma or just trauma that you've experienced over life. And so I want to go over each and every point, and I'm going to also share some anecdotes, you know, some stories around examples of when I did the same thing, right? Because that's what this podcast is all about. It's not really just about me sharing, you know, all the different issues and challenges that I feel that women are facing, but also putting a mirror up against myself and saying, these are the things that I had to go through and I, all the lessons I had to learn as well. So let's go into red flag number one, which is texting habits. Now, ladies, (laughs) you know when you've done way too much. You know you've done way too much when you send a man, let's say he just says, hey, let's talk about this later. And instead of just taking that and just sitting back and leaning into our feminine, right, which means we don't have to respond. We don't have to fight. We don't have to be argumentative. Just he said he wants to talk about it later. Let's talk about it later. We say, no, we're going to talk about it right now. And then we send him this 16 paragraph, you know, just talk about all the feelings and the challenges and the issues and what he did and what you're feeling. And trust me, ladies, not only have I seen this type of messaging with other men, but I've also seen this messaging among myself because I am a dating coach and I get ladies who send me paragraphs or paragraphs of all the problems they have. And it's just too much. So I feel that that is 
a major red flag because why can't you just wait? And I know this sounds, this might sound like, oof, sis, you hit me real quick. But yeah, like, why can't you wait? And to be honest, I personally feel that communication is best done either in person or over the phone because there may be nuances. They need to hear your tone of voice, right? It's very easy to see a paragraph of text messages and assume that you're yelling, right? Or you're angry or you feel different. And so I think through text messages in particular, it's very hard sometimes to come across, especially when you're trying to have a difficult conversation. Another element about beyond just texting habits is blowing up the phone, right? So for example, let's say you're trying to reach the person you're dating or getting to know and you call them once and they don't pick up the phone. Instead of saying, hmm, you know, they may be busy, they may be out and about, they're not near their phone, there could be hundreds of reasons why they're not trying to answer your phone at that exact moment. You say, no, I'm going to keep calling this phone until he picks up. And then he finally gets back to his phone maybe an hour later and sees you've called 10 times. Ladies, we can't be moving like this, especially if we're going into 2024. We really can't move like this, right? And so I feel that a lot of times when we are over texting, we're blowing up someone's phone call, this is technically could be attributed to an anxious style, right? An anxious attachment style. And I know a lot of people love taking the test. I encourage you to do that and understand what is your attachment style. Most of the time when you're over texting, when you are blowing up someone's phone call, you're anxious because you want them at that moment to respond to your message. You're, you think you did something wrong. And most of the time, ladies, you didn't. There's nothing wrong that you have done. You just need to let the person respond, let them take their time. And again, the reason why I always tell ladies it's so important to start to understand your attachment style is because quite often, if the person is not responding to you in a timely manner, that may be a bigger sign on his side, right? And let me explain what this means. So for example, let's say you send a text message and they don't respond to like two days later, right? Or you notice if you look at your phone call log that you are calling more than the guy. This could be a clear sign that he's not that interested in you, right? But it's hard for you to see that because you're constantly texting this person, you're constantly calling this person, and maybe after every five calls, he picks up a phone call. So you're not even slowing down enough to see whether or not he's interested in you. And you're not able to really sit back and understand what is the communication cadence between you and this person? I feel that it's so important, especially in the early days of you dating someone, that you take time to see, is he communicating with me? Is our communication style healthy? Is it flowing? You know, this is a podcast all about flowing, right? And so the communication should be equally balanced. He should be calling you. He should be messaging you. 50-50. It shouldn't be you're doing all the calling, you're doing all the text messaging. But when you overdo it, it's hard to see those signs and those gaps. So that is the first <laughs> real main red flag that I wanted to address because so many women are guilty of doing this. Trust me, I did this in the past as well, so I'm not a stranger to this. But I did learn, like I said, over time that it's it's tied to anxiety. It's tied to being anxious. And if we start to reset our nervous system. And we can do that through 
meditation. We could do that through affirmations. And you know, on this podcast, every other week, I give affirmations. And I'm doing that because I want you to start to feel more calm in your body and not as anxious and not do these actions such as over texting. Ladies, red flag number two. And let me tell you, this is the one that really hits me to the core because I am an overthinker in general. Everything in life, I overthink. So when I was in the deep throes of dating and connecting with men, I definitely was guilty of overthinking and overanalyzing their behaviors. And the key point here is that typically when you are overthinking, this is a very clear sign that you are in your masculine. Let me explain. So in the masculine, you are more in your head. You are thinking, you are being analytical, you are being super logical when you're trying to analyze certain decisions versus the feminine, which is more in your body, right? And when you're in your body, you are leading with intuition. You're leading with your gut instincts. You're leading with the emotions. And so many times as ladies, because we are conditioned in this extremely hyper-masculine world, what tends to happen is you're dating a man and you start to overanalyze every little behavior they do. Now, some things are called for that, right? Because maybe the person is not just that into you. And so you're trying to understand certain behaviors and that's very normal. But it gets a little obscene when you overanalyze everything. Let me give you an example. So you just go out on a date with a man. It's been not even up to 24 hours. And you're in your head thinking, why haven't I heard from him? When are we going out on the second date? What's happening? Or what a lot of us do is we start to plan the wedding in our head because the date went so well and you enjoyed this man's company. And so you're like, well... We're getting married and I'm wearing this white dress and we're getting married here and you start planning all these things. And then the next thing you do is you phone a friend, right? You know those game shows where they're like, have one friend's phone call. So you phone a friend and then you start asking her, okay, so we went on a date and this is what happened. Why hasn't he called me yet? What do you think? What's going on? And you're trying to overanalyze the behaviors, right? Another example is, and you know men, you're... Men are very guilty of this. So in the beginning stages, it's the honeymoon. And every morning they text you, good morning, babe. Good night, babe. And they're sending you emojis and eyes and whatever. And maybe after the first three to four months, he's not doing that anymore because you're comfortable with each other. You're moving on with life. You're just going in flow as you should. You start to overanalyze. Well, he used to be like this. He used to do this. He used to do that behavior. Why doesn't he do that anymore? Now, like I said before, there is a distinction that sometimes they're not doing that behavior because he's not that interested or he is dating other women or he's not a good fit in the first place. Those elements may be true, but more than often than not, we start to overanalyze why he's not doing certain behaviors. So ladies, we really have to be mindful of this, right? Especially because we also have to be aware that men need their space. They need it more than us, right? We, I believe that women are a bit more connected, right? We love connecting with people. We love being with our friends constantly. And men don't have as much vocabulary as us, right? And so what that also translates into is that sometimes they need their space. 
right? And the truth is you should have your space too because you want to be mysterious. You don't want to be constantly in the person's face. And so when you start to overanalyze and overthink and start trying to figure out every little behavior that he's doing, instead of being in your head, take that moment to slow down. Do some type of activity that'll get you out of your head, which could be, for me, it's dancing. It could be meditation. You can go on a walk. You can spend time with your girls. But you're doing something instead of creating all these stories in your head. Because you know we do this. We like to leap. <laughs> we like to take the leap and jump all the way over yonder and not slow down enough that it's fine and it's okay. But also the reason why this point is so important is because when you start to overanalyze, you actually do your body disservice because like I said before, as a feminine woman, you are using your intuition, you're using your gut and your gut a lot of times will help you make the best decision as you're dating. So when you're too much in your head, you're missing what your body is saying. So the next time you see yourself spinning and try to tell yourself a million different stories, slow down and say, what am I feeling in my body? Like literally take a breath and say, how do I feel? And a lot of times that is the right answer. So let's move on to point three. You have no life outside the relationship. Now, this one is difficult because I know, again, as you're dating someone, you're getting to know this person your life starts to wrap around this person. It's very easy, especially in the honeymoon phase where it's like your whole life feels like it's evolving around this man. But let's go deeper. How this looks like in a red flag is that you have no hobbies outside your man. So you're with your man everywhere. You don't have a life of your own. You don't have your own friends, or maybe you do have friends and you're not spending as much time with them anymore. And when I say that, I mean like minimal time. Like they're rarely seeing you. Let's say you start dating a guy and for the past six months, none of your friends have seen you, right? This also may look like you have no interests outside of your own. And so if your man is into video games, you're into video games. If your man is into football, you're into football and you're not developing your own life. And ladies, right here is a huge issue. Because I truly believe that a man falls more deeper and deeper in love with you when you are filled with self-love. And how do you develop self-love if you don't have your own life? How do you develop a life that's juicy and your own and a life filled with curiosity, right? And a life that is filled with enjoyment. You can't do that if it's wrapped around this man. And let me slow this down here because I felt that this happened in my relationship with my husband at some point, especially because we are running a business together where we were just going everywhere. We're doing everything. And you know, you're just in love and you're flowing and you're enjoying everything. But I started realizing that number one, what actually creates desire? And this, I'm pulling this from Esther Perel, who's one of my favorite therapists, but what actually pulls this is polarity. And polarity cannot be created if you're constantly in the same space, right? Polarity is he's over here and I'm over there. He has his group of friends. I have my group of friends. There are times when our group of friends can connect and we may have mutual group of friends, but I have my own life. I'll still go to 
my workouts, right? This, he doesn't like yoga. I like yoga, right? Or trips, right? Like not every trip needs to be with my man. Sometimes I will go on my own solo trips. Perfect example was earlier this year, actually a wedding. I went to a wedding by myself. I wasn't with my husband, right? Like I did my own thing and I had my time with my friends. And when you come back, they just miss you so much more. So I feel that it's really important for the sake of your relationship and your mental health to have your own life and to be creating new activities constantly, right? And to be deepening the friendships you have with your girls, right? Outside of your your partner, right? And the other reason why this is also important is because sometimes this man is isolating you. And he's isolating you because he doesn't want you connected to the people you know and the things you know. And that could be a very dangerous game to get in as well. And what you don't want is, let's say this person is isolating you and behind doors, he's treating you with disrespect. And then you eventually break up with this person and you look around and none of your friends recognize you. You're not as connected to them. You have to almost figure out what is my life like without this person, right? And so again, this is why all these things are so important that you have to have your own life, your own enjoyment, your own source of fun, and it should never be wrapped around your own man. And then the next flag is jealousy. Now, obviously with the social media age, this I think has really hit a different level because so many of us, and I'm saying us, <laughs> are guilty of social media watching. And this is where I see jealousy come out the most, where you're paying attention to who your man is following and what he's liking and what he's commenting on. And you're like, why is he following these girls? And again, I'm guilty of this as well, where you know I would start questioning, who are these women you're following on your Instagram or what's going on or what's happening? And to be honest, what I realized was that when I stopped caring about all that stuff and was like, well, is he into me? Is he with me? Yes. So what's my business over there, right? Now, of course, where this gets a little bit murky is that if your man is constantly commenting on women images that are inappropriate or you know, moving past the line of just following someone and now you're DMing them and creating a whole relationship or emotional affair outside of you. That is a whole different story. But I'm talking about simply jealousy. Jealousy also may look like you have to remember the person you're getting to know or date or in partnership with had female friends outside of you. And honestly, I know we like to debate about this. I don't subscribe to a world where your man doesn't have female friends. I don't subscribe to that because at the end of the day, we live in a diverse world with diverse groups of people. And I feel that it's healthy to have female friends and male friends. Now, of course, there should be boundaries on all those sides. But I do know my partner had women friends before me. He had a woman best friend before me, right? And so I'm not going to get into the way of that. And to be honest, it looks messy and it doesn't do you any service when you're jealous of these people, right? Because like I said, when you're filled with self-love and your standards at a different level, you don't care what he's doing. You don't care the female friends you're with. That doesn't have any bearing on the relationship. As long as they respect their boundaries, I'm good, right? So ladies, we really have to be careful about this. 
And you don't want to be policing your man because that is masculine energy, mothering energy. You know, mothers, they meddle to everything. They police everything. They tell you what to do. They don't want to do. And if we're talking about having desire in a relationship, desire is actually birthed from space. It's birthed from freedom. So when your man feels that, oh, I have freedom, I can connect with friends, and I'm moving as along, he's going to love you even more. Trust me. This one is a hard one, but jealousy, like I said before, it doesn't do you any favors, especially when you have no evidence. And I also think this is tied into your self-worth. If you have a high level of self-worth, you're not going to be worried about what your man is doing because you're, you know how you, you are, you know how you look, you know how you feel, and you know he loves you. So I can't be concerned about what's going on over there. So this is a very key one, and I know it's difficult, and if you feel that you have self-worth issues, then the next step in order to start to work with that is two things. Number one, start to do inner child work, and I always will leave a resource in my show notes about how you can start to do meditations around inner child and connecting with her, because a lot of times our self-worth starts to be disrupted from when we were a child and having ill feelings about ourselves. And the other thing is simply just going to therapy, right? And trying to understand where are the self-worth issues coming from. So I highly recommend those two resources. And then the final red flag is putting him on a pedestal. Now, ladies, I'm really going to get into this one because you are the prize. As a woman, I believe women are flowers of the world. And we are to be nurtured. We are to be to be poured into, right? And if you tell yourself your man is the prize, it literally will disrupt the dynamic of the relationship. And what will happen is even when you're married to this person, you're going to see that you're constantly chasing your husband, even within the relationship. So it's very important that in the beginning stages of your relationship, you are the prize. And you don't have to say it verbally because when you you are that girl, you don't got to say it. It is an energy it is an aura. It is how you come across when you're connecting with men. But I truly believe that you cannot put your man on a pedestal. He is not God. He's not above you. And truthfully, I feel women are the superior species anyways. So I think this is something that I've seen happen where when, and I always notice this more so when women are talking about their man and there's language they use like, oh, he's this person, he's like this, he's like that. Like they make it appear as if they're the best thing that they have ever seen, that they should be so lucky to be in this person's presence. And that's not it. <laughs> you know, that's not it at all. Because remember, all men have flaws, you have flaws, he is nothing but above. And so I also feel that when you do this, this breeds entitlement, control issues. And it also erodes through intimacy, right? So I feel that it's really important that when you are connecting with men, you have to ask yourself or remind yourself more so who you are and that you're unique and you're worthy of love. You're worthy of deserving someone who nurtures you, right? And like I said earlier, you are a flower. So if you feel that this man you're with is not nurturing you as such, then it might not be the right relationship for you. And that's a hard one to hear, right? Because I do feel that the dating world is so difficult these days. And so a lot of women just take any person, anybody, 
And I'll use this recent example. And I haven't spoken about this too much publicly, but Nelly and Ashanti. Now, they're cute, they're nostalgia, and I, it's cute that they're back together. But if I'm going to be very honest, it's giving she thinks he's the prize. And what I start to ask myself is, does she not feel that she has, that she's beautiful, that she's stunning? What's going on with the self-worth? Why hasn't she put herself in the level? And to be honest, sometimes when you start to put this man on a pedestal, you start to lower your standards because if I'm bringing the case study of Nelly and Ashanti, in an interview last year, she noted that she wanted to be married and she wanted to have kids. And she specifically said, my standard is I'm not going to do with anybody. So I think it's quite interesting that now she's in a situation where she potentially could be pregnant. That's what the news is saying, allegedly. And she's not married. Nelly has not presented a ring. And I think it's very interesting that they got back together. And mind you, they have this long history. Why didn't he put the ring on it right away? So ladies, we don't want to put ourselves in that situation. We have standards. We have a certain way that we want to be approached. And we have a certain way that we want to be in communion with a man. And I feel that when you put someone on a pedestal, you start to slip. And you start to say, well, I should just be lucky I have someone, especially when you start to get to my age, 35 and up, where the pool gets smaller and it gets a little bit more competitive. And so you're just like, well, anybody that will take me, I'll take that person. No, I truly feel that every woman deserves a man of their dreams and they should never settle. So this is, I think, a very important part to understand, especially in this dating age, is that ladies, trust me. Trust me, as someone who watched all her friends get married before her, and I constantly asked myself, when was I going to meet my person? And I met my person, right? And it was a little bit later in life, but I, I don't regret anything. And I feel the timing happened exactly when it was supposed to happen for me. And I personally feel that I didn't settle. And I can go to sleep at night knowing that, right? And I can also go to sleep knowing that my husband adores me, cherishes me, and he puts me at a certain level. And he tells his friends openly that he sees me as the prize. He sees me as the trophy. And that's how I feel every woman needs to feel. And, and I also just, in general, feel that when you are in that type of relationship as a woman, your confidence is, is built up, you're connecting, and it actually just leaves you space to do other things and be creative. And you're not sitting here worrying about, well, what does he think of me? Or, you know, how do I prove myself to someone? You shouldn't have to prove yourself to any man. So ladies, that's all the red flags, right? <laughs> and there's so much more, but I felt that those five in particular really just hit home and resonated with a lot of different people all across. I really just enjoy seeing all the different commentary. And to be honest, this post I made, it has over 16 million views. It was quite polarizing. And I feel it was polarizing because it's very easy to dismiss these red flags. And, you know, something I read recently is that some people are okay being the victims. They're fine with being the red flag. I saw some comments like that. Well, I'm the red flag, so that man should just take me as, he, as I am. And I don't subscribe to that, right? So 
that is it for this episode and it's always such a treat for you joining me next week episode we're gonna get all into affirmations and this affirmation edition is gonna be around healing because so many of you write to me about going through a breakup how do i know i'm healed how do i know to move on what does that look like so i'm gonna create a special affirmations where we just go through healing and we leave that episode feeling real good. So make sure to listen to that episode next week. And as a reminder, you're always in flow. See you next week.